What is up and welcome into the Not So Experts. I am Taylor Mooney, joined by my good friend and co-host Avery Nelson. Uh, how's it going, Avery? Uh, it's pretty good, pretty good. Uh, feel feeling. Uh, I felt rushed today, slightly. Uh, for for my own fault, I have very poor time management skills, um, and that haunts okay. me every day of my life. But you know, all right, we got a we got a win last week. Uh, no fist fights uh, in Birmingham. Uh, just, just about. And you know, I can't complain too much. Fair enough, man. That was a that was a pretty fun weekend. Um, but this week we've got a special guest, uh, one of our college pals, Brooks uh, Carter. How's it going, pal? Doing good, Taylor. Thanks for uh, and Avery. Thanks for having me on. Um, Always uh, appreciate the the stroke of the ego to be invited on somebody's podcast. So. <laughs> oh yeah, dude. I mean, you're you're like the, I don't know. You're kind of the gump on Twitter. You run that funny ass uh, SEC video page, correct? Uh, SEC football vids, yeah. Okay, that's like that's gotten a lot of traction. Um, your regular Twitter is pretty funny. Um, big fan of your work. <laughs> <laughs> thank you i appreciate that i mean yeah i mean that's kind of more like a hobby stuff but i mean my um that's fun to do on the side especially now that i'm not living in the south um it's my it's my connection to uh my roots which uh growing up or you know coming up in my career i covered ACC, the sec uh, the sec and sec football for the majority of my career before moving to wisconsin where i'm in big 10 country now so it's a little different it's a nightmare, they, it sounds. What do they think about the SEC? Like, do they hate them? Uh, specifically, Alabama, yes. Um, oh, I think it's 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 <laughs> it's kind of one of those things where like everyone in the South hates Ohio State and Notre Dame. It's like it's kind of the same thing up there. It's 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 one of those programs they just hate because they win all the time. And yeah. like a lot of people up there also don't like Clemson. Um, That's too so. random. They just hate who's winning right now, but it's more of a uh, it's more of a defined hatred for Alabama because they're one of the blue bloods in college football. So, um, I mean, they'll some people will give me shit, but is I mean it is what it is. I mean, what are they uh, really? All they can do is is hate because Alabama has backed it up consistently, um, and I think they realize too that like the Big Ten hasn't done anything on a national stage since Ohio State won the national championship in 2014. So, And when was the last one before that? I mean, I don't even really – I mean, I think it was it was Ohio State when they beat Miami, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. They do all the yeah, heavy lifting. I believe so. They do all the heavy lifting, and they don't really do it that often. Yeah, it's like once every 10 years. I mean, it's kind of like how LSU is. Yeah, right. They're like in LSU's. and around it often, but they're, they're, they're rarely actually winning at all. Well, LSU's not in it often, but when they are, they win it. Right. Good point. Great point, actually. Um, the stars align for those assholes this year, but uh, they not, uh, not this year. It did last year. <laughs> they're getting they're getting a lot of black guys this year. I'm gonna dig that shit. They, yeah. I couldn't I, like I could believe that they lost, but I was still like, damn, they lost to Mississippi State. <laughs> 
Well, it wasn't just that. It was the way that they lost. I mean, like, I mean, hello. Welcome to the SEC, Mike Leach. 623 passing yards. Break the single game record for the conference. And break the longest active winning streak in the country. And then uh, beat the defending national champions. And then I asked him after the game how what he thought about it. And he's just kind of like ho-hum. And then, like, tweets some bullshit meme later in the day. Like, it's just like, he's such a weird dude. He's, he is super weird. It was I, peak Mike Leach. I dig it. I mean, he's a weird-ass dude, but, I mean, whatever, man. I, I think it's funny. He he kind of, like, marches to, to the, you know, beat of his own drum. Like, he went off in a press conference about how awesome the floor of Bama was one time. I mean, he just kind of does what he wants. Yeah, I mean. And I believe they only had, like, nine rushing yards as well. Like, on they, they only threw it. That's a oh, yeah, and. Kylan Hill was the SEC's returning leading rusher this year. And he had like, I don't know how many, like he barely had any rushing yards, but had 138 yards pass uh, receiving. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> that's they're, they're finding ways to still get um, them involved, like get their playmakers involved. And it's, it's a basic offense too. I like, if, I don't know if, if y'all uh, watch like the, the SEC football final on the SEC network. Roman Harper, who's a new, uh, who's new this year on the SEC oh, network, good. former Alabama guy, um, was saying he, he was literally watching the game and he said um, they're running the same plays that they ran against me when I was at Alabama in the 2005 Cotton Bowl, when <laughs> I, like Texas Tech. He said it's it's like the same basic three to five plays that they run. And it's like, then they just have variations off of that. It's just like different options and stuff. So it's like, he's been running the same offense for like 25 years and it's still successful. That's yeah. I mean, but the thing is LSU consistently was getting, they were, they were putting their guys right up on the line of scrimmage to, to uh, bump and run. And they were, con- the guy, their cornerbacks were consistently getting beat and Ed Orgeron never changed course, never even thought about saying, you know what, maybe we back off. Uh, I mean, and that's not even necessarily his thing. That's uh, right. From what from what I saw, it was Bo Pelini. Bo Pelini was getting shit on on Twitter by, the name, by by LSU fans because it was his first game there. Because uh, I think some <laughs> LSU fans were pretty skeptical of Bo Pelini's hire to begin with, which is probably it, fair. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, I think where, where's he been since he got fired by Nebraska? Youngstown State. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, hell, Youngstown State, and then they were like, "All right, you can come be our defensive coordinator." <laughs> Which, if I'm not mistaken, I think he was the defensive coordinator. Was he the defensive coordinator when um, Nick Saban was there? I think yeah. he's been the defensive yeah, coordinator at LSU before. Yeah, he had been the defensive Yeah, I remember that. So I mean, maybe they were, maybe they were thinking that could bring back that, but I don't know. I I still cling to the theory with LSU that I said this I, I tweeted this last year and I'm gonna see if it winds up being true. I said Ed Ogeron is to Gene Chizik as Joe Burrow is to Cam Newton as Joe Brady is to uh, Gus Malzahn. I agree, dude. I, yeah. I think that's I think that's a like great. This is the 2019 LSU was 2010 Auburn. Yeah, I mean, I think I think this I think Ed Orgeron can at the very least uh, recruit better than Gene Chizik, but uh, I yeah I think it was the perfect storm, 100. percent I don't think it's it's replicatable for for that for Ed Orgeron and that coaching staff that they have right now. Well, you had a general, you had a, a a generational quarterback who had the all-time greatest 
passing season in NCAA history. Yep. And this really innovative offensive guy, which, you know, even though we're Bama guys, like Gus Malzahn's a really good offensive play caller. You can't deny that. You know, I think it's still – he's a good head coach, not a great head coach, but he's a really good offensive coordinator. And that's what you had in Joe Brady so much so that he got hired into the NFL and is now the offensive coordinator for the Panthers. Right. Yeah. Right. I'll uh, begrudgingly admit that Gus Malzahn's a decent offensive play caller. He, that's what I'll do. He sports Alabama a few times, but I mean, I don't know, man. Um, his job, I mean, his, 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 it's confusing to me that he doesn't develop a lot of quarterbacks in the future. Yeah, I mean, if you look at who his best quarterbacks have been, I mean, I'm just sitting here trying to think of the four quarterbacks that have beaten Alabama. It's been Cam Newton, then it's been Nick Marshall, then it's been um, uh, Jarrett Stidham, and then Bo Nix. And, like, I don't know. I mean, Stidham's in the league, and he was decent, but uh, and he obviously Cam's an all-time great college quarterback. Nick Marshall's yep. pretty underappreciated, actually. My senior year at Alabama, the Alabama's defense made Nick Marshall look like a fucking All-American. I think he had 450 <laughs> passing yards. Yes. And yeah, that was rough. Sammy Coates looked like Randy Moss. Like, <laughs> oh, God. That was a great game. That was my last game as a student at Alabama. That was a great game. They That's one hell up. of a bang to go out we on. Routinely, we routinely say on this podcast, that's – Probably one of the best games at Alabama we went to. Like that. Well, was, I mean, the, Cooper had like uh, like 200 and something yards receiving that game. Blake yeah. Smith played like shit and then came back and then led the offense to like five straight scores. <laughs> Dude, it was Blake crazy. Sims a podcast favorite, by the way. Yeah. Also, oh, Blake I, Sims here. I love Blake Sims. Yeah. Uh, I actually I actually uh, did a, a feature story on Blake Sims when I was working for the. NBC TV station in Chattanooga. His godfather lives in Chattanooga, and uh, he had been signed to the off-season practice squad for the Buccaneers, and he was training at the D1 fitness facility in Chattanooga, and we went over and shot a story on him, and he's like the nicest fucking dude ever. Oh, yeah, dude. I, I got locked upstairs in a fraternity house. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. The door, we were, we were both like in the upstairs bathroom doing. It was just me and him or whatever. I didn't change from chewing. So we were trying to go back down the stairs and the door was locked. And we just like talked like 15 minutes before somebody came and unlocked the damn door. Oh, gosh. That's it crazy. Was, it was pretty funny. It was uh, Trinidad James. So uh, wild times. But um I know you spent half the day probably traveling today, but did you get to watch the Braves win their first postseason series in 19 years? Please tell me you got to see it. Uh, I kept up with it on my phone uh, when I wasn't driving. My wife took the, the driver's seat. I um, was able to uh, to catch a little bit of it on my YouTube TV app. Um, yeah. So uh, that sounded like an endorsement. <laughs> but uh, Quick plug. <laughs> I, they're not they're not paying me for anything so <laughs> um but uh no uh yeah I, I was able to catch a little bit of it and i watched some yesterday as well um and i just thought it, I, I i came away kind of laughing um when the game was still one nothing towards the end of the game today and then obviously the score was scoreless all the way up through 13 innings before they went on a walk-off yesterday um 
you know, the Braves were like the biggest offensive power of this entire season. They had, I think they led the league in home runs. And then it's like, it took until like the last uh, moment of this series for them to actually have some offensive power. And then it was like, everyone was concerned about their pitching and then their pitching winds up shutting out the Reds. Um, so I don't know if that's more the Reds issue or if it's more promising for the Braves. They, I know the Reds, the Reds have scored like 60% of their runs of the whole season on home run. Uh, so that, I mean, that's an issue obviously in the postseason, but um, I just, I'm glad they got the monkey off their back, man. It's just like they lost to an inferior Cardinal team last year. Um, you know, they, they've lost the teams that they were clearly better than uh, repeatedly for the last close to 20 years. And I mean, I wasn't even really like, I mean, I was like seven probably uh, the last time they won a, you know, the last time they won a, a playoff series. And like, I was watching it and stuff, but like now I understand it so much more. And it's just pissed me off for forever that they've just blown it every damn year uh, <laughs> that they make the playoffs. But hopefully they Yeah, can I was trying to, I was trying to tally it up in my head. So, because uh, I was thinking about this in the car today. Um, so they, 2001 was the last time, and that's uh, they got they wound up losing in the NLCS to the to the Diamondbacks, which went right. on to win one of the greatest World Series of all time right. um, that year. But so they won their their streak of 14 consecutive division titles continued all the way up till 2005. So that's four more playoff appearances. Then they made um, I think two playoff appearances under Freddie Gonzalez, yeah. and then they've made two more additional ones prior to this year. So that's eight playoff trips that they've not won a series in prior to this year. That's pretty <laughs> That's crazy. Brutal. That's brutal as hell. And I understand like not like, you know, making it to the NLCS every year or not making it to the world series every year. But if you go all the way back to the start of the 14 straight division titles, they consistently have just not performed in the post. Oh, they underachieved. They absolutely have underachieved. I mean, I'm, I'm a lifelong Braves fan. I grew up in Georgia, and, like, they made – I mean, they should have won – probably should have won the 96 World Series. Yeah. Um, easily probably could have won one of the, the World Series against um, the Twins uh, in the early 90s. I think they wound up having a game that went scoreless into extra innings that they lost. Um in the 91 series. Uh, they made the World Series five times in the 90s and came away with one title, which I, which I might add is the last professional sports championship that any Atlanta sports team has had. And I'm, I grew up an Atlanta sports fan, so thank God Alabama football has, you know, been, you know, I've had, I've had some, like, that's how I felt the last couple of weeks watching the Falcons just absolutely unfold, like, just, just, I don't even know the word to describe what the Falcons have done the last two weeks, but it, I'm just, it's something. <laughs> yeah. I'm just sitting there and I'm like, well, at least I've got Alabama football. That's, that's how I feel most of the time too. I mean like the saints won in 08, uh, but that kind of came out of nowhere really. I mean, um, and that's the only one they've ever won. Uh, I'm a Hawks fan. They suck. Um, well, even though like there was like, I remember talking about this when we were on our old college radio station at Bama and like Atlanta is kind of a, like an under the radar snake bitten sports town. You know, you think about like Cleveland famously has been like a snake bitten sports town. Um, 
bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just fuck the Ohio cities, I guess. But, um, <laughs> but like you think about it, like I went through and, t- and tallied it up one time. Like that's the only actual championship that any Atlanta sports franchise has ever won in '95, and. Um, the Falcons have been around since like 68. The Braves moved from Milwaukee back in the 60s. Um, and the Hawks have won one, but it was as, as the St. Louis Hawks. And like they have combined, there's been like, it was over 50 playoff appearances between the three sports franchises and they've got one title. That is bizarre. That's, that damn. is nuts. I didn't, like, I knew it was bad. I didn't know it was that damn bad. Yeah, I mean... And then you throw in the Georgia Bulldogs, and they hadn't won anything since 1980. <laughs> I love to see that one in there. <laughs> you love to see it. I mean, it's bad because the Braves—I don't know, man—the Braves traditionally are going to be smooth, winning you know, seasons and MLB history. They just can't put it all together. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Whatever. It is what it is. Um, they're not winning all this year, but maybe maybe before we die, the Braves will get another one. I know Andy doesn't really care, but uh, I thought this was a huge milestone and we had to, we had to hit on it. Yeah, I think um, for me, this is a weird year. I don't know if the playoffs are going to look like this moving forward. Um, I don't know if they're going to keep it at 16 uh, or if they're going to go back to what they've done in previous years. But, like, yes, they won for the first time. But to me, it won't be, like, legitimized unless they make the championship series. Because, like, yeah, they won, like, this series. But, like, in a regular playoff year, like, the Braves wouldn't have been playing in a wild card. So, like, they would, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, they would have been. No, I'm with you. And I saw, I've thought about it, too. But I was like, you know, I mean – it is a playoff series, and, you know, it is a three-game series. There is a lot of pressure. I mean, it's it's just different. It's way different than a regular season, um, probably ever has been. Um, and, and the postseason's bizarre, too. So you are playing, like, you are playing a shittier team. Um, but if the, if the Marlins beat the Cubs, I mean – they they earned it. So, I mean, if you beat the Marlins, you know, you beat the Marlins, and, and that's probably the easiest road, I guess. But Yes, because, um, I mean, they've tormented the Marlins the last, like, two or three years. So. It's the most brave shit ever to go, like, they've gone, like, 40 and 10 over the last, like, three years against the Marlins or something like that. It, it's something close to that. It's, that's it's, not cr- that's that's crazy. They've just beat their ass for the last three years. Um. And it's been the reason they won the division. Wouldn't that be the most great thing ever to just lose a five-game series to the Marlins? <laughs> no, that would be the most brave thing ever. And it would probably be some stupid move that Brian Snitker made. Like he does enough to keep, he does enough for the team to be good and keep his job, and then he then he does something boneheaded that makes the entire fan base want him to get fired. I've I've been I've been an anti-Snitker for so long. I mean, he just does dumb shit all the time. Like, they're not winning a World Series right second, Yeah, I mean, he kind of feels like the Mark Richt of, uh, of the Atlanta Braves, so. Exactly what he is. Oof. He's a real nice guy. I'm sure he's a, I know that he's a nice guy. But damn it, like, he's a man. Like, 
that's how I feel about it. But um, you know, Brooks, I don't want to. Well, I don't want to take up all your time. I know um, you just got into Nashville. Um, speaking of someone who's not a moron, Nick Saban uh, and Alabama roll. Well, I guess Texas A&M rolls into Tuscaloosa this weekend. Um, what do you think about Texas A&M barely beating Vandy last week? They gave up three turnovers, or they well, they gave the ball three times. Um, and look, I mean, they didn't look good at any point in that game. Um, I, I don't think this weekend's going to be particularly close. What do you, what do you kind of think about it? I think that, uh, I wouldn't base all of my, I wouldn't base all of my kind of predictions on Texas A&M. I wouldn't write them off based off that one game against Vanderbilt. I think sure. what we've seen um, so far in this weird college football season, later start dates, you've got players opting in, opting out. Uh, Texas A&M's leading receiver, I believe, opted out before the season. Um, yeah. So that was a big uh, – Nine days before the season. <laughs> yeah. And I don't even know how to say his name. He has a really weird name. Um, yeah. But, like, I know that was a big loss for them. But one thing that I've always noticed is Kellen Mond – which, I mean, what is he, like, in his eighth year at Texas A&M? Just about. Um, he, He's started over 35 games now. This will be his 36th start. He plays to his competition, and good and bad. So, like, if you look at his kind of track record, it's like you'll see games where he just looks like absolute dog shit playing against somebody like Vanderbilt. Yeah. And then yeah. he'll turn around and have the game of his life against the top-ranked Clemson team when they played them at home two years ago, and he throws for over 400 yards. And almost, and honestly, Texas A&M probably should have won that game. Yeah. Um, and, and if you look uh, against Alabama, he has ran the ball. I was at the game in 2018, and he rushed for over 100 yards the last time yeah. Texas A&M yeah. came to yeah. Alabama. He's, he's ran all over Alabama. They've had a tough time keeping him contained when he's played against them. So he – he plays to his level of competition, so like I expect him and Texas A&M to actually keep it close for at least maybe two and a half, three quarters. Like I, they'll, they'll, they will look a lot better. I don't know if you saw how disgusted Jimbo Fisher looked in his yeah. post game interview. Like yeah. I think he'll have them ready to play, and you know it's easy to get up to play Alabama. I mean they've recruited well there. They've got some talented guys. Mm-hmm. Vanderbilt had no business being in that ball game. I think Vandy maybe looks a little bit more improved than what they were last year, but they're still a dormant basement team in the East. They had no business being in that game. And uh, I think, you know, this is normally like week four or five or four or whatever of the season. Yeah. And it's just such a weird year. I think it's hard to get – I think it was probably hard for him to get his players up for that game. Um it's like you come out and it, I mean, it would have been normally you'd start out with some crappy team in the non-conference. And it's like, I don't know. It's, it's such a weird year. And I think that Texas A&M will actually probably look considerably better than what they did last week. But I still think Alabama probably wins by at least, you know, 13, 14 points. Yeah. I, I think, I don't know. I think it'll probably be in the 17 to 21 range, but I think it'll look a lot closer than like a three touchdown game, if that makes sense. Like, yeah, definitely. I, like, you know, in, in the past, 
couple of years. I mean, we beat them, you know, we, we score 40-plus points on them. Um, but they're going to put up probably three touchdowns at least, I would think. I mean, and not because our defense is bad, but because they're going to throw us some stuff that, you know, is probably going to catch us off guard or, or look different than than what we're looking at in film all the time. And, I mean, Jimbo is a good offensive coach. Um, oh, yeah, certainly, certainly. I mean, but, he's – But not forget that. Saban and Jimbo know each other really well. Um, But I still think that they're probably going to score anywhere in the, you know, 17 to to 24 range. Um, And I think Alabama is probably going to score 38 to 45 ish. Like, I don't think we're going to just blow their doors off. But, um, you know, I, I just think that they don't have the weapons on the outside. Uh, like they don't have a Mike Evans for Kellen Mond to, uh, you know, threaten Alabama with, you know, like, like you said, their, their top, you know, receiver opted out. And, and, you know, if you look at mock drafts, he's like a fourth or fifth round pick and, and that's their best receiver. Uh, they have some talented guys, but, you know, Georgia had talented guys last year and experience matters. And, and I think that is where, they're going to struggle. I just don't think that they're going to be able to stretch the field against Alabama um, and really scare them with multiple options. Um, and I think that's what's really going to cost them the game. Um, Christian Barmore playing this week, I think, is also going to be um, a pretty big deal. You got him, you got Dylan Moses, you got LeBron Ray, you got, um, you know, Will Anderson, um, who can rush the passer. Christian Harris can fly. Um, I liked how the defense flew around the ball last week. Um, and I, I thought they played with a lot more confidence and this is obviously a lot bigger challenge than Missouri, but, um, you know, I, I think they're up to the task. I think they're going to look pretty good. I was impressed with them last week. I was too. I thought the offense, I, I came away very impressed with Mac Jones and I, I've, I'm not, I've kind of quietly been a Mac supporter. I mean, I don't, I'm not, I'm not saying that Bryce Young will be a good quarterback for Alabama if he in fact sticks around. Um, you know, you don't ever know nowadays with quarterbacks, how quickly they'll transfer in and out of places. But, um, I saw, I saw more than enough for Mac Jones last year. Um, for me to think that he was the guy, I mean, I thought the way that he, um, was able to, um, I, I, I can't stand the Bama fan. I had a guy la- uh, last week, like, shit-talking Mac and how he uh, wants Bryce Young in. Because, and he was still like, well, Mac Jones lost us the Iron Bowl. And it's like, Najee Harris turns around, that's a fucking touchdown instead of a pick six. So, yeah. I mean. Like, yeah, that's, I mean, that's just a classic Alabama fan wanting what they haven't seen, man. It's the same, it's the same shit no, like, that happens every year like, in every position, you know? Well, and, and one thing I like about him um, – I haven't heard anybody else say this, and I kind of uh, – but, like, you know, you think about – make or make this comparison, I should say. I haven't heard anybody else make this comparison, but I was telling my brother about this, and my brother was a college quarterback, and so he's kind of able to fill out, like, a vibe that quarterbacks have. Like, Mac has got that, has got that like, just kind of true QB swagger about him, similar to, like, an A.J. McCarron or, like, an, or honestly, kind of like a Joe Burrow, just kind of like that little – that borderline, like, cocky and confidence – it's like it can be annoying if you're the opposing team. Like Max got that like that kind of like a no, a little bit of annoying swagger about him that you like to have if you uh, in your quarterback if you're a fan of that team. Um, yeah, yeah, agree. And 
Like, I, I like that about him. And I don't think Alabama's quite had that at the quarterback position since a guy like A.J. McCarron. And, like, it's sure do they occasionally come across as being super douchey. Sure. But, you know, they fucking win ball games, And they, like, I think, like, Mac, like Mac is the most reminiscent of AJ McCarron of anybody I've seen start a game at Alabama since then. I think, I mean, I don't like AJ McCarron. Uh, this is an anti-McCarron <laughs> podcast, but I think I think he's got a better arm than AJ McCarron. But I think if you look at where Mac Jones came from, like he went to a high school that that puts out top-end talent. Um, you can't be a little punk ass dude and, and go to that that high school. Like you gotta you gotta like competition. And he came in with Tua, you know, and same year as Tua, and that takes some balls, in my opinion. And I don't yeah I, to stick I, around and compete. I mean yeah, I don't guys, think he's scared of Bryce Young, you know, and, and not that he doesn't like him or there's contentious stuff there. Like I don't think that's the that's the case, but. I don't think Mac Jones is gonna is gonna stand down to anybody, and I I dig it too. I I 100% agree with you. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think, and he's kind of always shown that on on Twitter or or whatever. Um, at least from what I've seen or, or whatever, you know, you see him in a press conference. Uh, he you can tell that he he thinks that he's the dude. Um, at all times, whether it was you know when he had to come in for Tua or now with with a lot. To be fair, a lot of public speculation that Bryce Young was going to sur- surpass him. Um, he never, it, it never seemed like he cared. He just put his head down, worked. And I think probably got, I mean, a little bit better. I agree with you, um, Brooks, in that I think he actually played really, really, really well last year. And I thought that was good enough. But yeah. um, I mean, you got a guy like Bryce Young coming in who with, without the uh, spring camp, probably has a much tougher time getting in the team getting in the starting spot but I mean still with all that hype like some guys would look over their shoulders some guys would slip and I don't think uh Mac is that guy yeah totally cool. agree well um I'm getting uh I'm being summoned by my wife so I'm gonna <laughs> That's okay, all right. I will do that I'll thank you guys for having me on though we appreciate the time pal Absolutely. Um, y'all be safe and uh, roll tide this weekend. Roll tide. I appreciate it, Brooks. Roll tide. That was a bit of a pre-recorded segment. Um, want to thank Brooks for hopping on. Good pal from college. Used to be our student boss at the radio station in Tuscaloosa, uh, where me and Avery peaked. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And actually, funny enough that we had him on for Texas A&M weekend. Um, did I just cut out there? Am I tripping? Uh-uh. Okay, cool. I think it was my camera. Anyways, for, funny enough, we had him on for Texas A&M weekend because, uh, he, Brooks probably doesn't remember this. He wasn't there, but, um, we were on the radio station and at first when you're on the radio station, the first way you get experience is by going in and, uh, recording, like you, you go in and basically do little hits in between Right, it, like at halftime of sporting kind of events. Like a update, like uh, yeah, what's going on? Yeah, so you'd pop in and say like Texas A&M is rolling into town this weekend with Johnny Manziel to face Alabama Crimson Tide. Blah, Alabama's trying to blah, whatever. Yeah. Um, and my first ever segment for anything for the radio was one of those. I went in during a basketball game, maybe, and this was at the old. This was in uh, Reese Pfeiffer back in the day. I, 
I like that way more than the than the new one. Honestly. Well, it was nice because I could actually bike there from my uh, dorm, whereas the new one I would have I would have never been able to bike out there. And we got special access to Reed's Pfeiffer, which I guess the older you got, you still got special access, but yeah, we got it before everybody. Right. <laughs> But I biked out there. I'll never forget. I biked out there. I was like, because we both wanted to be sports broadcasters. I biked out there. I was like, this is this is the start, man. This is this is the first one. I'm gonna remember this one, and I did because when I rolled into that recording studio, it's it's you know the sound soundproof glass, and so I'm facing a couple people we were working at the radio station with, yeah. and I opened up. I go, uh, I go, uh, Texas A&M and Johnny Manziel rolling to Tuscaloosa this weekend to face Alabama, and I froze. I dead ass froze for a solid. <laughs> it, it felt like two minutes. Oh, dude, when you mess up on live, like <laughs> on anything, you're just like shit. But you can't say shit. You know what I mean? It's yeah, like, no. <laughs> I was froze, and the two guys that were like producing the actual basketball game were across the glass, and they were just like. Just like waving their hands, like say something, just anything. They're just like, dude. And I just, I looked at that. I probably looked like a deer in headlights, bro. I was terrified, shitless. I did that um, on live TV one time. Oh, I, dude. I. <laughs> let's just tell shitty broadcasting stories. Sure, I love it. So we were, I was in the studio, um, and they had just put in this newsroom. Well, I was in the newsroom. Sorry. They had just put in this newsroom camera, uh, but there was no teleprompter. So you had to remember what you were going to say. And I didn't mm-hmm. have an IFB in my ear, which is like basically the thing that allows you to hear the producer and the anchor live. Yep. Um, there was a TV to my right, uh, but it's delayed. And so because it's like live TV and it's obviously like, you know, three or four seconds delayed. So yeah. Um, <laughs> Jack Royer, who's now an anchor in Birmingham, uh, was going to pitch to me. And so I'm like, you know, kind of side-eyeing it, like waiting to, to get my, you know, cue. And I was guessing, essentially. And I'm a shitty guesser. <laughs> and so I started talking, and I realized that it was the wrong time to start talking. Like, he was still talking. Um, but I had also started talking. And so I... I stopped and then I looked at the camera and I was like, shit, what was I supposed to say? And I looked down and I just completely misspoke. And uh, one of the professional reporters was like behind me and he just put his head down and started laughing. (laughs) I turned around and said, man, that was, that was fucking bad, wasn't it? And (laughs) he just started laughing. He said, you're an idiot. (laughs) But uh, it's it's actually I don't know if I should say this, but it's on YouTube, and a couple of my coworkers got a hold of it. Oh man! Oh my God! They thought it was the funniest thing ever. Dude, uh, I didn't. I never knew that. Yeah, it was it was so bad, dude. I just panicked. Like I, I looked, and then I was like, because because if you're on teleprompter, like it's somebody's manually like doing the words. Well, I mean, nobody can help you if there's no teleprompter. And I had a script in my hand, and I looked down, but I just – I completely panicked. Yeah, no, that is – like I said, that is – and whatever, you can have like five seconds of dead of, of dead air, and it, it feels like five minutes. Oh, it's, it's a terrible feeling because it's like everyone – everybody watching that shit knows that you messed up. 
Yep. <laughs> yep. There's no doubt in anybody's mind that that is on you. They had a whoopsie, and everyone knows about it. Like, that shit is not good. Uh, dude yeah no i i've had a few few errors and rough goes of it uh both i I never had one on camera i was lucky enough to never actually do on i did a little bit of on camera work very very little um and i don't think i did any live on camera work but uh definitely had had a lot of you know i worked mostly in my time uh at ctp behind the camera and in the production studio Right. Um, and that stuff, honestly, feels just as bad when you're like producer and you throw up the wrong thing on the jumbotron and you're yelling because it's not under your control. You're just telling people what to do, and then they they screw it up and you're just yelling at them and they you panic them and for five seconds it's <laughs> like some random graphic that has nothing to do with anything. And people, if you're if you're watching on TV, you're like, what in the hell is going yeah. on? Yeah, like, I, I only did, like, one SEC Network production. Uh, I did it alone, actually. Um, and that was one of the more tense experiences of my life. Because it's like, you are, like, you're going so fast, you know? It's like, you don't have time to, like, think about a whole lot of stuff. You got to know what everybody's doing. Um, it's, like, a, a lot of people don't understand how hard sports production actually is. And no, like, absolutely. into it. That shit is crazy. As as the great Brent Musburger would say, you are looking live. Yeah, literally. Live. Absolutely. And if somebody makes a mistake, you know that shit. If somebody makes a mistake, you are looking live. If somebody makes a simple mistake, you're going to get mad at your TV. <laughs> it's weird, though. It's weird having worked in it now. Before, like, I'd see it and I'd be like, whatever. And now, like... I noticed the colors wrong on the picture. I'm like, somebody get the shading guy to, yeah. to fix the, the picture. This is insane. Look look at the red hue on this. This is crazy. Yeah, and one time ESPN had a reporter that they didn't white balance their camera. So oh my god. So their shit was blue. Like, and if you're if you're not familiar, if you're not familiar with white balancing a camera, it's the first thing they teach you. When oh well broadcasting school you put it against a white sheet of paper and you adjust the color of the camera based on you know that white piece of paper in that light well espn hops on the damn thing and everything is blue i'm like you want a baby blue like you know shirt he's not it's white they didn't white balance the damn camera like rookie mistake but a lot of people would just be like huh the lens is messed up <laughs> no, bro. I had I had a, a high, I used to shoot highlight reels for like random sports at Alabama. So like I shot uh, highlight reels for like tennis yeah. and uh, r- random shit like that. And I went out and shot B-roll for like two three hours one day at like a for I think it was tennis minute, for a minute of film. Yeah, right. Yeah. No, it's a quick yeah, highlight yeah. reel, and I'm out there for t- at least two hours just shooting yeah. random tennis matches. Yeah. Um, and I, for the first half of it, I swear to God, for the first half of it, I was just shooting and I, I, somebody came with me cause they were like shadowing me. Um, and everything's good. And we're looking back at it and they're like, does that look weird? And then it hit me. I didn't white balance the camera for like the first hour of shooting. Everything is ruined. You can't put it anywhere. <laughs> Any hype moments 
throw them out. They don't exist. I don't care. They're not white balanced. That's a that's a lonely feeling. Like especially like when I was like a new reporter, I was like shit. Like I just don't want to leave the equipment somewhere. You know what I mean? Because yeah. like, there's like four different pieces you're carrying around. It's like, do I have all those? Like you know, do I look okay? Am I doing something stupid? Is the background bad? It's like you're doing like 14 different damn things, especially when you're on your own. And it's so easy to mess up. It's so easy. Like yeah, I'll, like I said, I'm glad I never did on camera. On camera is, is like twice the pressure of just shooting B-roll or whatever because you you they do it all on their own. Like reporters nowadays have to do everything. Yeah, and now they're even doing it on their phones. Which your phone you don't have to white balance, but you got to edit video on your phone. That shit is ridiculous. <laughs> we we learned that shit in in a college like my i guess my senior year um there's an mm-hmm. app called videolicious and it's like it's like you know line item like you know video editing and it's like you just put the sound over the video and it's pretty simple but like you got to do that shit on the go it's tough yeah it's it's a whole job that's something they pitch to us a lot in tcf um when we were first starting is, is nowadays like everybody, at least in the, on the, even no, on the sports side and the news side, everybody imagines, Oh, you're just going to be the guy behind the desk. But in reality, starting out, you're going to be a reporter. Um, and you are going to not only be reporting, you're going to be editing, you're going to be writing, you're going to be filming, you do everything. A lot of people think it's ridiculous. I think it's a blue collar job, dude. That it's, it's incredibly difficult. hundred percent. I almost got arrested as a reporter, but we can tell that story later. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I mean, we we have plenty of stories from the, our media days. I'm, I know, um, but we can again get onto those another day. Today, we need to return to our battle for the bottle, Taylor. Our weekly picks against the spread, where we battle for a bottle of probably Clyde Mays at the end of the season. Yeah. Um, last week. You improved. I declined, I believe. I, I don't actually have the list of what we did week one, but I have our overall records here. So last week we both picked Kentucky, didn't cover. I actually bet on Auburn and did, but at what cost? <laughs> this asshole was rooting for Auburn. I was very quiet about it. He still was like, I'm rooting for Auburn. And I, hey, I got to worry about that dollar, bro. I got to worry about that dollar. Mega shout out to Justin for Not a mega shout out actually. Actually, Justin's no longer a friend of the pod in my eyes. He's a friend of half the pod. He's a better friend of half the pod. <laughs> <laughs> He's like three quarters a friend of the pod. You know what I'm saying? Like that was amazing. Appreciate you, Justin, for absolutely roasting like eleven year old Avery who wanted Trent Richardson to win the Heisman. Actually, that no. Was- that was like 13-year-old Avery. I was about to say, sad thing is I was in high school when that picture was taken. Oh, 15-year-old Avery. Love it. I was uh, I was, I was was about 120 pounds at the time of that picture. Now he's yoked, folks. <laughs> you know what? If anything, that picture showed the glow up in all its glory. So fair play, Justin. This was me when I was 15. This is me when I'm 26. <laughs> hey, you you look out when I need a when I need an ego boost at the age of 30. You damn skippy, I'm gonna be doing one of those before and afters. That shit is funny. Um, but also we got Abigail in the mentions. Big ups to Abigail for being so oh. aggressive over nothing. Oh, she was big mad. 
She's so angry, and it didn't make any sense because yeah. neither of us are Auburn fans. Like, let's get this straight. I'm probably never betting on Auburn again because that was a one-time thing. I never trust them, but, like, that Kentucky team didn't look like they could move the ball. Um, and it was just like one off. And Abigail came in hot. She was like, oh, you're an idiot, okay? Go Tigers. <laughs> I was like, whoa, Miss – Miss." Uh, I forget where she's from. It's around, like, uh, Dothan or something. No, it's not Dothan. I forget. Yeah, it's middle of nowhere, Alabama. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, anyways, shout the Auburn game. Shouts out to Abigail, our number one fan. Um, that game was 100% interesting. Then we had Florida giving 13.5 to Ole Miss. We both t- took Florida. Um, LSU, Mississippi State. I actually took Mississippi State. I wanted to, but I bitched out. I know, and I was going to, and then I was like, you know what? I'll pl- I'll pick the opposite. I'll go the other. I'll pick the old reverse. All right, pay it I'm off. The happiest I've ever been to be wrong. Yeah, no, you were ecstatic, very drunk, and very very happy. You were giddy. It was like Christmas morning for a drunk guy. I fired off about ten tweets at LSU's football page. So. Yeah, I, I think you only remember about five of those, buddy. Yeah, and I deleted. <laughs> Long day in Birmingham. Uh, Good we beat. had Pitt. We had Pitt Louisville, which was a push that it, it got canceled. Yeah. And then Cincinnati Army. I took Army as I always do. I actually took Army in real life. I lost. You picked Cincinnati one, giving thirteen. Ooh. So, at the moment, I am five and six, and you are three and eight. So only two games back. We both went two and two last week. Only only two games back. What we got on the plate this week, guy? On the on the slate this week, we got some pretty good games. Not actually, I'd say it's about as good a slate as last week. I'd say so. Out the gate, oldest rivalry in the South or whatever, whatever. Auburn, Georgia. Georgia's giving six and a half. Who you got? Um, you know, I've been talking to some Georgia people this week, and I was like, mm. I think Georgia is better at a lot of positions uh, than Auburn is, but. I mean, if you go and look at it, Seth, you got Seth Williams versus George Pickens. I mean, that, you know, I mean, it's not a push. I think Pickens is better. I think Georgia's got a couple of corners who could who could take Seth Williams. Yeah, yeah, I do too. Um, I forget I, the second guy's name. It's like uh, Count or Count. Yeah. yeah. Richard McCount is a stud. He had a one-handed interception last week. That's yeah. nasty. Um. I, you know what? I'll take Auburn giving six and a half. Um, but Georgia's, I, Georgia's giving, Georgia is giving six and a half. Auburn's okay, getting yeah. six and a half. Okay, yeah, okay. I'll take Auburn. Yeah. Yeah. I'll take, I'll take Auburn because I think, I still think Georgia wins, but I think Georgia's offense is going to get in their own way. And I think it's going to be an ugly ass game. I, I love the under in this game. I think last I checked, it was like 48. Maybe 49. Under hammer that shit. Uh, yeah, I don't see this being high scoring in the slightest. Um, it is it is gonna be ugly. It's it. I'm gonna watch it because it's it's the early kickoff. Am I correct? It's late kickoff. Oh, it's late kickoff. Okay, but it's, it doesn't coincide with Alabama. Texas a Yeah. So I I'm definitely gonna watch. Still, it is not gonna be fun. But I mean, one of the teams is gonna end up with a painful loss, and I will laugh either way. Yeah. Um. I'm. I'm. It's one of those games that's weird to me because, like you said, Georgia. Georgia's offense looks ugly. J.T. Daniels comes back. 
I'm not 100% sold on JT Daniels. He was very inconsistent when he was consistently playing for USC. Yeah. Um, looked good in some. Which, sure, you know, you're going to make some mistakes, but he also hasn't played in a year plus. Right. And, and I, I, no, I think, I think he's riding a lot of the hype from his high school recruiting rankings still. Yeah. Yeah. And like, does he have arm talent? Yeah. But is he going to be able to torch Auburn in his first game in over a year? I don't think so. You know? it's, it's a tough one. Based on how the offensive line looked and they only, they basically only have George Pickens and the running backs did not look great. Like, if he had an exceptional cast around him, yeah, I'd be way more confident in JT Daniels. But he has an okay, you know, from what we've seen, you know, from what we saw last week, he has an okay cast around him. Yeah, I. but this is all to say, I think you think I'm going where you went. I'm not. I think Georgia's defense is very good, and I don't think Auburn is going to do enough. So I'm going to take Georgia giving the points. Okay, that's fair. And you got to give them three for, you know, home field. Right, yeah. I mean, whatever home field is anymore. Yeah, I, I don't know that that applies this year. But, but I think – and the thing is, the thing is, in a rivalry game – Auburn could just uh, work some witch magic. This I, game's – I can I hate see it. whatever result. Like, it wouldn't shock me. I'd be like, yeah, I mean. <laughs> exactly. But on paper, Georgia Georgia looks looks better to me just as far as uh, – although I, I am very interested to see how – we were. I was actually talking to Matt about this uh, noted Georgia fan the other night, how uh, Georgia special teams do – against a competent opponent with a special teams coach that we all know has never coached special teams. Let's be honest. He hasn't. He's not good at it. So we'll see. I'm very interested, uh, but I got Georgia giving six and a half. Next game on the docket, Kentucky, number 23, Kentucky, I believe, giving six to Ole Miss. I don't want to be an underdog guy, but I like Ole Miss here because I think their offense is very – I think their offense can make plays. I don't think that they can stop Kentucky, but Kentucky's not exactly electric. Um, and I think Ole Miss is going to score points on a lot of teams that they play. Um, yeah. You know, I mean. They look pretty good. I mean, I they, they their offense looked pretty good. Their defense looked right. horrendous. They, like, a lot of people shit talk Florida's defense. And I was like, look, Ole Miss scored 31 on Alabama last year, and Alabama's defense wasn't great. Uh, but they can score, you know. I mean, yep. and Lane Kiffin is an offensive god. Like, he's going to score points. And, Facts. and you know, I think it'll be a close game. I, again, I don't think they win. And maybe I'm wrong here. But, um, you know, I I like Ole Miss here to, to keep this, it close. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's fair. This one's a tough one for me because, like, uh, yeah, they're going to score. Huh? Kentucky's got a pretty decent defense. Yeah, no, that's I think Kentucky's so scrappy. I think Ole Miss is gonna score, but also I don't think their defense is capable of tackling Absolutely. like at all. It's not. So my if if Kentucky had 
um, a Randall Cobb or the guy who's the guy who they had last year who's just balled out. Benny Snow. The yeah, uh, Benny Snow. But there's also the guy, the wide receiver who played uh, quarterback for like all season. Name. You know, you know, what I'm talking about. He he was the Randall Cobb prototype. Yeah. If they had that same kind of guy, or, or even a Benny Snell, um, I'd feel pretty good. However, I don't think Kentucky can particularly move the ball. If we're being honest, they did not impress me against Auburn. They only put up 13, which I think Auburn's defense is okay. But I mean, they made some piss poor decisions. They got screwed out of that touchdown, but Right after that, they threw the ball from the one straight to an Auburn cornerback who probably should have taken it back for 100 yards. Penalty call brought it back, but yeah, no, it was a penalty. It was it was a stupid penalty. Stupid block, stupid penalty. Like don't touch a damn guy. No, there's no need for it. If if the, if that guy has his head screwed on straight, then that's a touch. Point being, it was a dumb interception to throw. Um, and, yeah, I'm, I'm not particularly convinced Kentucky. Uh, Terry Wilson – I believe Terry Wilson Jr. was the guy last year. I could be wrong. Um, they also have a running back named Cavosier, Cavosier Smoke, like which – badass. Give um, him the smoke, dude. Give him the smoke. And, yeah, I don't – it's just one of those things where it's, – it's, it's, the question is, can Terry Wilson Jr. do the damn thing? Oh wait, no, they get they get they get the kid from Auburn, Joey Gaywood. Wait, he got cleared? He got cleared. No shit. Well, huh. Give me Kentucky. Well well, damn it. I guess I'm still gonna take Ole Miss, but damn. I don't love it still. I don't love it, but I think they That's have an option quarterback who is seemingly capable. I wish he would have got cleared against Auburn. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Even even I do, and I bet I bet for the barn. Um, so we split split on the first two picks. This pick, I think we're gonna go same way. I think it is LSU giving twenty one to Vanderbilt. Um, I don't know, dude. I mean, LSU played like shit last week, but I I think they cover this. I mean, Vandy is not good. I mean, I don't know how, in God's name, they kept it close with Texas A&M. Like, obviously, the turnovers in, in A&M just came out flat, you know. But, I look, man, I and I hope I'm wrong because I hope they throw another stinker up there. But I think I think LSU covers that. Yeah, I think it's, it's a tough one, right? Because I think uh, – Stingley's back, correct? Yep. I do believe so. I can double-check so, that. I mean, that is a big-ass deal. I thought it was a big deal last week. Um, he's the heart and soul of that defense at corner, which probably says a lot, in my opinion. I think he's he's probably the baddest corner in the country. I mean. Yeah, he is expected to play this week. All right. So, I mean, if he comes back, I, you know, I, I think they cover that. I don't think that fans is going to be able to do a whole lot offensively. Yeah, so it's a tough one. I think uh, I think LSU looked like trash. Their offense looked like trash, which was hilarious and confirmed everything I knew about last season. Oh, yeah. Also, they hired Bo Pelini, who looks a mess. We talked a little bit about that with Brooks, but he looks a mess. And yeah. I'm not saying he's going to be a mess the whole season. LSU fans were skeptical. Like, LSU fans are logical humans. <laughs> <laughs> no, we... 
we got hired. <laughs> we encountered an, Ill, uh, an illogical LSU fan uh, Saturday, and they are out and about everywhere at all times. Watch out, folks. They're everywhere. Uh, but but I say all that to say Vandy's not good, and the only reason they kept in that game against AM is because AM turned the ball over three times. You yeah. don't blow people out by turning the ball over three times. It just doesn't happen. Um, so I fully expect LSU has enough talent on offense. 21 points is a lot, but Vandy is Vandy. I fully expect for them to get blown out. Yeah, I fully expect for them to get the doors blown off. Yeah. Here, I'll, I'll, I'll get to what I think about this game in a second. I'll leave it to you first. We have, I actually don't know who's at home, but it is Oklahoma giving seven to Iowa State after losing to Kansas State last week yeah. at at Iowa State. In Iowa State, Iowa State also lost to Lafayette. I mean, Jesus, like. They did. They they lost to the the Cinderella of the year, Louisiana Lafayette. They have since bounced back by beating TCU by three, 37 to 34. They gave up 34 points to TCU, man. Not a very good. This is not a typical TCU team. They are in decline. Uh, dude, I don't even need a whole lot of logic behind this. Like, Oklahoma threw up a stinker last week, but again, Leakin Riley is a great offensive coach. I mean. Iowa State looked really bad against Lafayette, and and granted, I didn't watch them last week offensively, but I mean they barely beat TCU, and Oklahoma's got significantly more talent than TCU. Um, if Oklahoma throws up another shit game, then they can't be in the playoff. No, they're number eighteen at the moment, so yeah. they are with an outside shot already. They need Texas to win out, and they have to beat Texas twice, yeah. I believe. Yes. And so I, I I just say Oklahoma's got everything to lose. Yep. Um, and in this case, I think it works for them in the sense that they're like, look, you know, we've got to get it together. And, and Iowa State's not that good. So. No, this is actually a really boring game to pick, but I'm including it because it is my lock of the week. There is no way Oklahoma drops this one. Lincoln Riley is 9-0, and I believe, after losing. Um, yeah, uh huh. He's a good coach. Yeah, uh, Alex Grinch is stealing money, but I mean, good for him. Uh, still, you're you're up because it's the craziest thing. Oklahoma isn't not ta- recruiting talent on defense, but they cannot defend. Yeah, it's they uh, got dudes. It's something, man. They had Drew Sanders committed. What? <laughs> how do you how do you have these dudes and? You you blow a lead so pathetically to Kansas State. You gave up 38 to Kansas State. It's something, isn't it, Val? What's huh? You know, we're both taking Oklahoma. What's the game where I'm gonna make up some damn ground here? Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, buddy. Uh, so this one maybe. I I don't know where you're going with this one. I think this one's pretty interesting, and we kind of discuss a little bit. South Carolina at the swamp. Florida giving 17 and a half. You know, South Carolina played Tennessee decent last week. Um, they did. I mean, I don't know, dude. I think Florida is is struggling to sell out their seventeen thousand capacity crowd at the moment. I don't think home field advantage is going to make that big of a difference this year. I mean, that's no, just, I'm just, I just figured I'd throw in that fact for you. That is not good. 
Um, <laughs> Florida looked really good offensively. Really good offensively last week. It's a lot of points, though. South Carolina has got a decent defense. I mean, like, they have, you know, like, they have, you know, players on their defense. More they so do. Than, they do indeed have players, Taylor. More, more so than Ole Miss, asshole. <laughs> they, they've got more dudes on defense than Ole Miss does. So, yeah. um, I, you know, I don't think it's particularly close, but, but, I, but I, I think that South Carolina. I'm, I'm going to take South Carolina. That's fair, and I, I respect your of, boldness. On account of, I need to make up some ground here. And I think it's possible that they stifle them a little more than Ole Miss did, which is not a whole hell of a lot. That's yeah, it's not you're not asking a lot there. Um, I I'm flip floppy on this game. Did you, by the way, real real quick, did you see um Will Muschamp's uh press conference where the guy asked him about that video where he said get get the f up. Like, it's time to go, like, Spurs up or whatever? No. Okay, so, like, there was, like, a hype video, and, like, Will Muschamp was joking around, and he was like, oh, hey, like, get the F up, like, whatever, and it got leaked. Um, And apparently, you know, obviously people in the South get upset when people drop the F-bomb. Um, I, no, I don't – yeah, we don't care, but uh, people got upset, and a reporter asked him, and he came out, and he was like – Oh, Tiger Steve, he was, like, accusing him of, be- him of being a Clemson fan. And he was like, Tiger Steve wants to know, of course. How would I know you were going to ask that question, Tiger Steve? How would I know? And he was, like, super pissed off. It's like he wants to get fired, man. It's hilarious. I think Will Mustang's pretty funny, for real. I th- I mean, I think he's funny in the fact that he's a train wreck. I think that that program doesn't have – coach, though. Great. Yeah, hire him. He, he, hi- that's the craziest thing. He's like, hire him as a defensive coordinator. Pretty solid. Hire him as – Oklahoma should hire him as a defensive coordinator. Hire him as a head coach. He can't hire an offensive coach to save his life. He can't do it. He can't do it, man. He's never done it at any of the schools he's coached at. It's pretty crazy. He's owing whatever how many years he would, he's been a head coach, right? Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I hate it. I don't, I don't like anything about South Carolina. And I see what you're saying. But I think Kyle Trask is actually decent. He's pretty good. I don't yeah, think he's He's pretty damn good. I mean like I think I, I think he's probably gonna get too big ahead, not too big ahead, but he's gonna get a big rap after beating an Ole Miss team who can't tackle or defend in any in any capacity. South Carolina's offense is worse than Ole Miss's, but South Carolina's defense is significantly better than Ole Miss's. Yeah, I think I forget the quarterback's name last year um, for South Carolina, um, but I think he gave them a jolt of adrenaline that they often don't have. Connor and Shaw. yes, um, and uh, I, I don't he they don't have him anymore. I, I don't honestly think they uh, I don't think they have anything on offense, any sort of energy. And I could be wrong, but I think Florida. They don't. I think Florida's going to do the damn thing. I think give them three touchdowns. Uh, so I like Florida. So that means we've separated on three picks this week. We have the potential for a lead flip if everything goes right for Taylor. Let's go. So uh, very, 
very much uh, everything in the balance. And we still have so many weeks left of the college football season. Uh, so plenty of time for that. Um, this week does not matter that much. No, I could definitely make up ground. I, 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 but, but the thing I'm not going to do is start picking the same games as you for the hell of it. Cause I'm, I'm not like that. I appreciate that. We're here for entertainment's sake, right? We are. Let's. Uh, uh, by let's, the way, I'm drinking a new Boda box. I'm drinking Scofflaw Hooligan because I'm a damn hooligan. That's good, but this is the Cab Sav Boda box, uh, and it's pretty good. So. Maybe they'll sponsor us eventually. Maybe, probably not. Um, but I think we should go ahead and give we've we've. Eh, we're fine, but we, we should go ahead and give, uh, I guess, our score predictions. We gave a little bit of a prediction, like a little bit of an analysis for the game. I let you and Brooks kind of take over on that, and that's that's fine. But um, I guess why we can just – Why don't we get your outlook for the game and your prediction? Okay. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll try to make it real quick. I love a ramble. But um, so I, I think that this game, particularly this season's defense, actually lines up really well against Texas A&M. Uh, I don't think they're going to be as bad as they were against Vandy. Uh, you don't turn the ball over three times two weeks in a row. Uh, typically, I don't think that this is Jimbo Fisher's marquee win, though. Uh, overall, I think our linebackers are incredibly all over the border, incredibly fast. And, and at the end of the day, this matchup is going to be about assignments, in my opinion. And with, with guys like Will Anderson and, and young guys – on the edge, uh, I'm really curious to see how we handle uh, sealing the edge, um, especially against a quarterback like Kellen Mond, who, like Brooks said, ran for 100 yards, uh, I think, two years ago. Um, so, it, like, that's going to be the main matchup for me is, is how we handle the run because I think we have enough guys. And we did struggle a bit towards the back end of the Missouri game to defend the pass. I think – I can I can cut us some slack in the second half for the Missouri game. I'm not overly concerned about that, but I think up front is going to be the big matchup. Our linebackers containing the run and also containing Kellen Mond. I think we have the guys to do it. I know there are going to be one or two busts, and Kellen Mond's going to break free for a couple of runs. I think just just because of how the season goes, it's it's yeah. so new and so little practice, right? But we have so much experience that I think that offsets that. So overall, I think Kellenon has an, a good game. I don't think he's quite grown to the quarterback that we all thought he was going to be when he almost beat Clemson, like Brooks said. And I'm not sure he's he, played he, well against he, Alabama a couple times, you know. But huh? He's played well against Alabama a couple times, but he yeah. also just pulls a Vandy, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's one of those. And, I thought that was a very good comparison or a very good. Yeah. Comparison. No, I agree, but like you said, I don't think he has a talent around him that he has in previous seasons, and so I think they're going to have to lean on the run to open up the pass game, and I'm not sure they're going to be able to do that successfully. Personally, with our front seven, our, our linebackers, I think we're going to be good enough to contain that, and once we contain that, I, I don't see them being able to open up the game, so I personally I think we handle this. Yeah, what's um? Do we cover the spread? What's the spread? Seventeen. It was seven. Actually, I think it was eighteen last I checked. Let me. I have it pulled up right here. One second, please. It is now eighteen and a half. I'll say we covered that. Which still between seventeen, and eighteen and a half. 
you're pretty much at the same spot, really. It's a three-touchdown W, you know? Right. Um, I'll, th- I'll take the spread as well. I I will take the spread imaginarily. I am not betting on this game. Although, to be fair, I almost never bet on Alabama because – You don't bet with your heart. That's true. You're correct. So – I don't I but but in I I wouldn't actually put money on it but that's just a personal rule. If I had to give a score prediction, we were pretty wrong on our score predictions last week, I believe. Um and, well no, actually it was what 19 to 38. Yeah. That's actually not too far off. We were like 42 to 10, 12, whatever. I mean, that's I mean, that's within 10 points. Like. We were we weren't actually it was 19 and we were predicting it was going to be in like the 24. So, yeah, we were actually pretty close, I'd say. Yeah. Not that I, that matters towards the the battle for the bottle. I think I think this game will look a lot different than the Missouri game in the sense that they have a lot more talent. Agreed. Um, but you know, I think that we pull away in the second half. Like I think it's like I think it's probably a close game for you know a quarter. The first half, I'll, I'll say. Half. I think I think they stick with us for the first half, and then and then we score, you know, two three times in the second half, and and you know, I think that I think it's a dominant performance by Alabama. I just think it takes a little bit longer for us to be dominant. I hope I'm wrong, but but that's just like kind of what I'm expecting. You know? Okay. What's your what's your score prediction here? Like a forty-two to like twenty-one type game. Okay. Um, I am I'm buzzing a little bit on this cab sav, quite frankly. I didn't eat. I got. I I went to the gym. I went to the grocery store, and I got here and started recording. Um, no dinner. So, so no dinner. Buzzing on some cab sav. I'm feeling good about this game, Taylor. I'm feeling really good. I'm saying forty-nine to seventeen. Damn, that's an ass whooping. I hope you're right. I, I think we blow the doors off of Jimbo's trash-ass overpaid program. I can see it. I mean, I can, I can definitely see it. I mean, um, I think, I think we look other than maybe Clemson, who hasn't played a real team yet, so we don't really know. They played Wake Forest, so who cares? They haven't played anybody close to Missouri. No, they've only played Wake Forest, and they play Virginia this week, and they played some rando like, like. Uh, the Citadel, I think. Yeah, they kiss my ass. Um, so as far as I'm, I'm concerned, I think we look the most polished team in the country so far. We we, we do have a slight problem with depth in the secondary and at at uh, outside linebacker, so that is a slight concern. But as far as our our dudes go up front, like like number ones and some most of the twos. I think we're the most polished team in the country at the moment. The defensive lines are probably the best in the country. I think I think we look, and it's uh, it's all about that experience that we have. Yeah, we're we're experienced, and then you look at the offense. You got Mac Jones, you know, like knows what he's doing. You got Devontae yep. Smith and Jalen Waddle, who are known commodities. John Metchie yep. can make, you know, you know, he can he can make big plays when he has to. Um, yeah. You know, when when Mac Jones is not throwing it to wide ass open, Jalen Waddle or you got Najee who looked amazing, Jalen looked amazing, Brian Robinson was workforce like. Najee had a couple runs that were like fourth and one, or you know, like on the one, like he should have had a hundred yards, like he tore him up. Yeah. Um, 
you know, he looked good. Trey Sanders didn't look great, but again, offensive. First college game. Yeah, whatever. Like, I'm not, I'm not losing sleep over it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not, like, I'm not overly worried about it. So, you know, I, I thought that was probably the best case scenario in the sense that Alabama got a dominant win. But there's a lot to look at. There's a lot to work on. Um, and if Alabama plays their best game of the season in the first game, like if we just look unbeatable, like I'm a little concerned in the yeah. sense how do you keep those kids motivated for 10 weeks, you know, playing at that level? Like it is hard. Like not that I want us to, to make mistakes and shit. Like I, I, I don't, but nobody does. But No, but you have you have maybe four games a year, maybe, maybe three, where you're unplayable. Yeah. Yeah. You know? No, I agree. Like you're gonna you can only play your best a certain amount of time because football's a hard hard sport. It's the ultimate team sport in my opinion. Like you're only gonna have folks clicking a certain amount of times. And yeah. so if you can get them clicking, you know, towards the end of the season, generally, that's the best time to have them clicking because you got rivalry week, you got, you know, title game week, you got the playoffs, blah, 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 which is obviously a little different. And then they'll definitely be motivated for that. You don't have to get guys up for that. Right. hundred percent. Exactly. Yep. No, agreed. I think, I think we absolutely Hammer Texas A&M. Jimbo's still looking for a signature win. I guess if you want to count that LSU overtime win, you can. I'm not. Um, so, uh, yeah, still looking for it. Still still ain't going to find it. He ain't finding it in Tuscaloosa this weekend with 20,000 watching. Nope, sure not. Negative. He can, he'll, he'll go crowd his – he'll go uh, with his mask on, go, you know, cry his tears and hound's tooth. Maybe he can hide it with his mask. <laughs> I go, the the old mask glasses hat combo. Yeah, what a loser. I actually <laughs> like Jimbo, but I just I don't know. Jimbo's funny. He's and you know what? Respect for the man. He is he is robbing Texas A&M blind, and I'm loving every second of it. No problem, dude. I mean, and that man's cashing out. So yeah, those people got oil money. They don't know what to do with. You know what I'm saying? They they're fine. I'm not concerned. Seven and a half million dollars to not even make a title game appearance. That's astounding. Yeah, yeah, and he's he's gonna go he's gonna go seven wins in the SEC for the next three years until they fire him. Maybe he does eventually, but like I don't. Uh, he had one season at Florida State, and this is the thing: Jimbo beats teams he should. He loses against teams he should, or, or he should. And he 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 had one year at Florida State with an incredible offense. Um, but at the end of the day, can he do it consistently in the SEC where he's got to, he's, the recruiting is so much more difficult, um, than it was in Florida when Florida's down, Miami's down, you have no competition in Florida. You're just picking all the Florida talent for yourself. Um, it's a, it's a totally different ball game and, and can he do it? Yeah. He's had two top six recruiting classes in two years. I, I believe it, it's the past two years. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, is he going to be able to put it all together and win out in the SEC or win uh, all but one game in the SEC? Yeah. It's yet to be seen. He may prove me wrong, but until he proves me wrong, I'm going to sit here pretty smug and say he ain't got it. I'm not going to be mad at it. Do you have yeah. – uh, do you have – I know we kind of run along. Um, do you have anything to add? 
no, other than uh, I just uh, yeah, I just I just think we're gonna blow the doors off uh, Texas A&M. Uh, I can't wait to watch it. I am glad I got to see you last week. I'm excited to see you in a couple weeks. Um, hopefully we we probably don't have to tell the story, but uh, hopefully we don't get into an uh, incident as we almost got into last weekend. Uh, when I see you in a couple weeks. <laughs> probably not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe you just maybe you just hold your liquor a little bit, or buddy. I didn't even drink liquor. You did. To be fair, you did not cause an altercation. I, d- I don't want the, the listeners to think you caused anything. It's not on me, man. It, it was- wasn't on you for once. It really wasn't on you. Good for me. It, it wasn't on any of us, to be fair. It was an LSU fan. We'll blame the LSU fan because it was his fault. That guy was being way an asshole. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's an LSU fan who's hammered. It, he's going to be an LSU fan. So it is what it is. But – uh, I, I, I would, I, one more thing. I would like to thank Brooks one last time. Um, for obviously friend of the pod, uh, former boss, one of my, I mean, technically boss, but I mean, really, uh, I mean, no, I mean that in the sense that he, he was more of a mentor at the time, you know, we were young in the radio business and, uh, I appreciated him then. And I appreciate him now coming on the podcast. He's great. One of the, yeah. One of the goats, uh, I guess now in the damn Midwest or the North, wherever the hell Milwaukee is. I believe Milwaukee's the North. Yeah, that's pretty damn North to me. Yeah, yeah. It's not quite Toronto, fear the North, but it's, for us, that is the North. Follow Brooks, follow us at Yes. Um, I believe Brooks is at Brooks Carter, I believe. Yay, Carter. Let me look it up. Yeah, let's get this right. But us at Not So Experts, also on Instagram and Twitter. And if you'd like to leave a five star review on uh, iTunes, we would greatly appreciate that. Uh, I've, I still haven't checked, actually. Yes, at Brooks A. Carter, follow Brooks Carter. Yes, absolutely. Uh, deserved plug. And also the SEC videos that he mentioned previously in the podcast. Yeah. Give it a follow. Very much worth it. Yes, absolutely. Um, but that's it. you got anything else to add, Taylor? That's it. All right. Well, until next time, thank you all for listening and roll tide. Roll tide. Rolling down a backwoods, Tennessee byway. One arm on the wheel. Holding my lover with the other. A sweet, soft, southern thrill. Worked hard all week. Got a little jingle on a Tennessee Saturday night. Couldn't feel better. I'm together with my Dixie Land tonight. Spend my dollar, park in a holler, needs a mountain moonlight. Hold her up tight, make a little.